following you, of searching out your ways and finding them out. Thank you. We ask, come and continue to speak to us as we go further in your word this morning. Father, come and bring inspiration to, our, to us. Um, inspire us, Father. There are still things which you desire to make clear through the word, through the scriptures. I ask for direction this morning. Father, come on, brood over your word and let inspiration come to our heart to instruct us by your spirit. Come and guide us, Lord, in in your your thoughts, your judgments concerning your secrets. Oh God, the secrets of your ways. Thank you, Father. I ask for spirit of understanding. And Lord, I pray especially for the spirit of wisdom to help us search out, search out, search out these things, um, these things which you have to, to give to our souls. Thank you, Father. I pray use my tongue to speak, inspire my heart, and help me to find your conversation in the spirit forever your word is settled in heaven help my heart to pick the server, the aroma of the thoughts the thoughts which will bring so clearly these realities and impress them upon our heart what I ask for leading in your, your holy word Come and lead my soul and convert that into utterance of my lips. Pour your grace into it so that it will be as a pen of a ready writer. I, will, I want to write the spirit. Help me to write your spirit. Or not to speak in the domain of the letter, but Father, to minister by the spirit and minister from the spirit and even to minister the Spirit this morning. Thank you, our God. We surrender to you. Lord Jesus, come and bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Um, Good morning to you. I think you've already greeted yourself, so we don't need to do that again unless you really want to. Praise God. We thank God for uh, Rotulu. Please, can you give God praise for him? Thank you so much. 
for helping our hearts. Amen. Do you believe everything he said? Yes, sir. Yeah, true. Glory to God. Um, let's open to just at John 1. Let's quickly, we'll just read. Thank you. John chapter 1. God. Um, were you blessed on Wednesday? Yes. You, still, you still remember the message? Yes. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'm trusting God for breakthrough. There's something um, that's uh, staring in my heart. Um, when I'm praying, the Lord will bring utterance to and also the to crystallize them from the scriptures so that we can see it. Glory to God. So it's clear there's something about, <clears throat> amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. <clears throat> there's something about this man, Jesus. <clears throat> Praise God. Um, he's a mystery, we know that. The that we need to come according to Colossians chapter two, or that we should come to the, the full assurance, right, of um, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And you know all these mysteries are inside of him. So he's a, a mysterious man. He's not easy. It wasn't easy for the Jews at his time to discern him. and. Today, there's still a, a veil surrounding his person <clears throat> that uh, we need to come into. But thank God for the, the awesome calling of being a Christian is actually to come and unveil him so that we can come into all that is in him. Glory to God. Um, in John chapter 1, verse... Verse 14 says, the word was made flesh, right? And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Full of grace and truth. And John bare witness of him and cried, saying that this was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me, verse 16, and of his fullness have all we received and what? Grace for what? Grace. For the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by who? 
by Jesus. So Jesus was a fool. Say fool. Jesus was a fool of grace and truth. So if he's full of grace and truth, means that there's nothing else in him. Um, that everything in him was grace and truth. Praise God. That and then of that fullness we have received grace for grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, how did Jesus come to be full of grace and truth? This, um, we see that we can trace him to what they call the Logos. We're seeing, and that Logos, he said that that Logos was with God. That Logos was God, right, right, right from the beginning. And um, that Logos that was with God. As the Logos has a content inside it. Yes, Verse 4 is telling us that. Yes, that the Logos, in that Logos, it personified the Logos being a person. He's already calling him a person. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, that in him was life. And the life was, was the light of where? Of men. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The Logos, when we think of the Logos, I think was First John chapter 5, that was speaking about the Logos as, as a record in heaven. Yes. Right? It said that there are three that be a record in heaven. The Father, the, or the Word, and who? And the spirit, the father, there are three that bear record in heaven, the father, the word, and what? The, the Holy Ghost. And he said that these three are one. So the record that that word is, is what they are trying to explain to us here. Now, you know, at some point, the record became a witness, same chapter, next verse, right there, three that bear witness on the, in the earth, the spirit. Then he called it the water and the blood. We know the water and the blood is the sun, because earlier I said the sun came by water, not by water only, but by blood also. So that is the logos, then became water and blood. Amen. So when they said it became flesh, actually flesh is water and blood, right? When I, you say, you're saying what flows out of flesh, right? And that was demonstrated on the cross when they put him on the cross and then they pierced his side to let us check what is inside of him. It's like, almost like a a metaphorical demonstration of Seeing what, what he is full of, what is inside of him. That, that what, found out what is inside of him are streams of, of water and blood. And those are actually what he's full of that came out of him from his side. They pierced him, right? And those things came out describing to you that those are the 
he said he came by, not by water only, but also by water and by blood. Glory to Jesus. Um, now, the word being made flesh there was the word becoming uh, a come being conserved in another way that is that is um, given that man can receive right is another way that what man can what that man can receive you know when they pierced his side what came out of him dropped to the earth it was almost like a release of of his fullness, that what th- things that were in him being released to the earth yes, is a sign. Yes, and that, that thing was, it was done while he was on the cross, okay? Now, of course, the actual thing had not been done in terms of he hasn't died, the offering had not been made, he hadn't resurrected, I mean, the actual thing, but those things were symbols because they were, they were recorded even in the prophets. They prophesied concerning some of those things. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So that offering, when you say he came by water and he came by blood, um, they're telling you that, so water and blood are the, the means through which we will come into what he's bearing or what you come into the witness of what he is carrying on the inside of him through water and through blood. So put this together, you now see that water and blood are the the carriers of grace and truth. Right. Water and blood are the carriers of what? That what is, when you check his water and you check his blood, you will find there are are things flowing in the water. That's why his blood can be an antidote to sin because of of the gracious reagent, what is inside. You know, you know that if there is no grace, sin can't be dealt with. It's, grace is the answer to sin. For where sin um, uh, abound, grace did much more. Praise God. That grace is the answer to sin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the water, the water of, the water and the blood of Jesus now is interesting um, because just water and blood is not only the thing that he, he has to give. Uh, you have to follow from when he was teaching. One of the first things he said, he, will, he, said, he's, he said he's also a bread. And then he said his bread is bread. If he's bread, he's meat. Right? He's meat in his bread. So meat is type of flesh. So when you look at him on the cross, you see it's like a meat hanging there that from where water and blood came from. Do you see that? 
So he's a, a meat that produced water and blood for man. That's Jesus. Praise God. You know, that was what he said when he began to talk about eating his flesh. He said, you will eat my flesh and you will drink my blood. Now, when Jesus was mentioning blood, 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 inside blood there is water. You can't really, you can't really speak about blood without water. Water and the blood, they are they actually, there's a mixture. They are a mixture. Praise God. Hallelujah. In him. Praise Jesus. So, but so the, but the, the real thing, when they, are, when they are speaking about amen, amen, with sins, for example, when he washed us with his own blood, right? Through his blood, he washed us and then he took away our sins. Our sins were washed with his blood. There is a way the Bible speaks about sin, the blood, as a final remedy for sins. It's different from the way the Bible speaks about his flesh or him being a meat. Now we know for you to see meat as a remedy to sin, you need another wisdom. You have to journey into priestly wisdom. Right? It's in the priestly wisdom. The, and it's not even very, very clear. Because when, when they bring meat to the tabernacle as an offering, they burn the meat. But it's just that they don't burn all of it. They are portion which the priests have to eat. The eating of the meat, that's also a part of the offering that is given for sins, glory. But that is not, when you're, you're speaking about the, the, the main dealings of sin, purging is the blood, really. As Hebrews was saying, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the hypha sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. So how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unto God without spot, then purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So it's the blood, really, that does the purging. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you see that? Yes, sir. The blood does the purging, but there is also a provision of meat, too. So when you, you put these things together, Jesus was teaching that, and he was saying that for the... To come into the life that I have, which is what he came to bring. He said, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may do what? Have life and, and then have it more abundantly. That's the reason why he came. is for you to have life and to have it more abundantly. You go to John chapter 1, that we spoke about the Logos. Was with God, was God. Same was in the beginning with God. Things were made by Him. Without Him was nothing made that was made. And in Him was life. So this was the first time 
that they spoke about what was in the Logos. Are you following me? Don't be distracted. Um, this was the first time they were speaking about what? They were telling you where the Logos were, what it was. It was God. It was with God. Then they showed you what it was used for, which is for creating. Right? Then this was the first time they now spoke about what is in the Logos. That what is in the Logos is, is life. Do you see that? Life is the is the content of the the logos. Praise God. Hallelujah. That son which came by water and blood, John was saying that we know that he has given us eternal life. That's first John. And then and this that life is in his son. Where is it? That first John, quickly. We know that he has given us eternal life and the life is in his son, 1 John 5. That's the record. Do you see that? Yeah, 1 John 5, verse 11. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Are you following? Okay. 1 John 5, 11. Say that this is the record. So they are telling you what that, that record is. The record, remember they said the record is in heaven. Right, the ball record in heaven of the logos in heaven that God had given to us eternal life, and then this word life is in His Son, that Son which came by water and by the blood. It's the same Son they were speaking about in John chapter 1. Praise God! Um, so the life, what is in the logos is life. It was very clear. That thing, so the life of God is a special thing that God kept with him from the beginning. And he didn't release it in the beginning. It is, we are now seeing later in the epistles, it's explaining to us how he came. This record how God, how this record came to us, or how this life will come to us. And Jesus, when he then came, he said, I have come, the thief cometh, not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have, or I came, I wonder how the, but I am come, sorry, I am come, that they might have life. And that they might have it what? So it's clear that before this coming, nobody had life. The life that which First John 5 says is in his son, or it was in his son, that nobody had that life until he came. And this is making his declaration that I've come that they may have life and that they may have it what? More abundantly. Glory to Jesus. So that John chapter 1 is telling us that what is in the Logos, that thing called life, life, life is the content of the word, of the word of God. We can keep going and checking it. Every time 
they're explaining this logos. You see John again, you know, John had an insight into these things. It was very special. Too, because John was always he was concerned about that man called Jesus for a long time. While people were watching his miracles, I, I believe John, he enjoyed the miracles, but that was not his main concern. It was, there was something about the person that was pulling John. They called him the disciple whom he loved, who always used to stay close to him. Right, maybe he went to see if he can hear. <laughs> right, what is the sound of what is inside of him? <laughs> he put his ear close to his heart. I'm sure maybe so he can. Like, what is it about this man? I, you're doing miracles and all, but you, what is inside of you? Can I, can I get what is inside you? He had, John had an attraction to the person. Of Jesus, he was attracted. His soul was attracted to the person. That is a healthy attraction. You should be like that too, right? There are many things you can get attracted to, and the journey because God is too wealthy, he's too rich. You get, uh, and that's one of the problems with rich man. He has many things, many nice things. You you know what I mean? So, so God is. When you are coming to God, there are too many nice things you can fall in love with. You can fall in love with his anointing, with his gifts, with his power, with many things you can fall in love with, but love the the person. Fall in love with the, say person. His son. Fall in love with his son. Jesus. Kiss his son, and and the way John loved him. If you can find there's your own kind of love, the way you ought to love him as well. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. John had a unique insight about figuring out who this person was. Then he got the revelation that this is the logos, that this man. Is the logos? He was connecting. Was is a very powerful connection to make. You know, there are many ways you can interpret Jesus. You can hear Jesus's message when he said, "I came to save the lost. I came to do all that." You can just interpret him as a man who they just sent to die to to save men from sin. In a very transactional sense, you can see Jesus as maybe a Something that Jesus, God just gave as a transaction. Deal with this, solve this problem. You know what I mean? But John saw more. John is not a small revelation. Uh, if you understand the meaning of logos in Greek, the Greek sense of logos. Logos means the summation of all, all, all things. The logos is the code behind everything. The, the code where everything sprang from is the logos is the mother um, is the mother of all expression of being of creation that's how the, the Jews think about logos the Jews they believe that there is uh, there is a body of of 
knowledge or wisdom from where, where everything has their, their, their meaning, their purpose, that there is something that has the description of all things. It, it has the code of everything that wow. exists. That was the, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a way that the Greeks journeyed to that kind of concept. It's through plenty of thinking and observation. They, they, they thought and thought and began to see patterns in nature, patterns in humans, in psychology. They, and they began to see that it's, we can't have this kind of things without there being an original, you know, place. It, the source code, logic. Logos is the source code of everything that is. That is the concept of the, the Greeks' understanding of the Logos. So, so they, knew, they, they didn't know what it is. It's just, you know, those guys, they, they, the Greek, they lived in the, the world of thought for a long time. So they even had a word for something that they don't know. They, they don't know it, but it just there's, there's a way reality is to them was organized. You know, there's something called Logos, and they had a word for it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, but then John was able to connect and, and know that this man is that thing. It's not a small thing. Imagine the kind of faith or the kind of um, spiritual, um, do you understand me? A lot of people, I'm sure a lot of his contemporaries saw Jesus as a religious leader, as a good guy, as many things, there are many things you can equate Jesus to. But John saw him as, he had the revelation that this is not, this man is, you see everything that this is as who this man is. Jesus, glory to God. See the same language, First John chapter 1, verse 1, that that which we have heard, right, that which was from the beginning, the same thought, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, and our what? Our heart is, is telling you how did they arrive at this place. It first began to be as a sound. Everything he's speaking here is not physical. These are not physical things. These are language for things that happen within the soul. So it means that the sound, the first, John, for example, would have started hearing the sound of, of, of the Logos. And that sound is not maybe him recalling Jesus' voice when he was talking to them. Oh, my people, go ye now into, into, that's not the hearing. It was hearing, it was hearing the sound of within his soul. And the sound that he was hearing, he could connect it to this. This is the sound of that man, which we walked with. He was able to, to, to pick the sound of, and if you hear Jesus well, you will hear his sound. 
that was where their, their first faith, you know, these men were high on faith. That was, they, were, they lacked so many things. I mean, while walking with Jesus. They lacked what? But one thing that they had was faith. To walk, you can't walk with Jesus without faith. And we know that faith cometh by hearing. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You ask me, when did they start hearing the sound of this thing? You feel, is it? Maybe after Paul came and shared to them Christ? I don't think so. I don't think that the hearing part of this includes the revelational season. I think that when they were walking with him, they were hearing. I think that when they were walking with Jesus in Galilee and all that, I think they were hearing the sound of the Logos. They might not have begun to see. I think it was Paul who brought the scene. He was the first person who they, they blessed with the sight. You know, that was the language of Jesus. When he appeared to him on the way, he said, I'm coming to give you sight. That was, it was very clear. His sight. And I'm commissioning you to go and open blind eyes. Turn them from darkness. So that darkness we're speaking concerning. Darkness from the power, because they were under the power of darkness, like we were saying on Wednesday. Right, all the whole world lay in darkness, everybody. You mentioned them both to the people and to the world. Gentiles, all of them were in darkness, all of them. So he said, I sent you, send you, Acts 26, right, delivering thee from the people, verse 17, and from the Gentiles, unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes. This was the commission of Paul. So Paul was not, it was, his main job was to bring the, the opening of the eyes. Glory to God, and then opening of the eyes will cause them to turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, then that they may receive forgiveness of sin, forgiveness of sins first, and ultimately inheritance among them that are what? Sanctified by faith that is in me. Among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you being blessed? Yes, sir. Now, this inheritance, so the sight which God was, Jesus was telling Paul to bring here was the sight for inheritance. Okay? I'm sorry if I'm being slow. I'm just trying to line up everything I'm seeing. I don't want to make a mistake. Praise God. Amen. To open up their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. And from the word, the 
power of Satan. From darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. So turning from darkness to light is not the same thing as turning from the power of Satan. This was a special ministry given to Paul. The, there's a way that darkness can be handled, but the power of darkness is not dealt with. Because darkness is, is first of all constructed in the realm of knowledge. But the power of Satan is not just in the realm of knowledge, it's in the realm of inheritance, the realm of stature. That any soul who is under the power of Satan doesn't just know some things. He has some things in him. And praise God. What you call the power of Satan is in two, there's a power of Satan to turn them from the power of Satan unto God. Ephesians calls it the power of darkness. So there's what you call darkness. There's what you call the power of darkness. When Paul was using the language of inheritance in that Ephesians, amen, are you hearing me? He was speaking, he said, who had delivered us, who has made us meet to be partakers, first of all, who has made us meet able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So this is talking about, it's not talking about making you come to light or making you begin to see this this conversation here is not in the world of knowledge. That's one of the things you should begin to have now to divide scripture. The, the sense they are giving us is that everything is not together. Sometimes Paul was talking about knowledge, sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's talking about what the substance, which knowledge is supposed to rot on the inside. And the, the operations of those worlds are not exactly the same. You can, someone can be, you can be joining in knowledge, but have hit a stagnation in inheritance. And when you are, as you're joining in knowledge, in, in the knowledge script, it might not show you what is, what is stopping you in your increase, in your stature. You just, but you can get stuck in your increase. There are, Scriptures that talk about secret of inheritance that carry the key of, of unlocking resistances in inheriting what the knowledge is describing or what the knowledge is trying to show or make you to come into. So giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet, that was meet, made us able is, a, is, is, is an enablement. It's not easy to be a partaker of not just the light, remember, but 
is not to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. Then verse 13, that who are delivered also in that language of inheritance, it involves a deliverance. It's not just telling you something. There's actually a, a, a deliverance and operation. Do you get what I'm saying? Like if you say that this one stole the other one's thing and he has been using it for a while. You go to a judge, the judge now writes the letter. Henceforth, the thing no longer belongs to the thief. It's not the property of the owner. He's decreed it and that knowledge is there. And then you give it to, ah, it's now your owner. You have recovered, you won the case. Take it property. But the guy who stole it is still living in the house. That paper does not translate. You can rejoice in it. The judge has done it, everything. I've gotten the answer, which is knowledge. But you need power. You need some guys have to help you to go and remove that person and to deliver the possession to your hands. Do you, do you understand? That's what he's saying here. This deliverance, so that thing they call power of Satan, there is different from opening the blind eyes. Right? And turning them from darkness to light. That's one thing. But you must deliver them from the power of darkness. Someone's eyes can be seeing the light, but the power that kept them in darkness has not been touched yet. Now, of course, seeing the light will initiate the, 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 the conversation of your deliverance. Praise God. Delivered us from the power of darkness and has done what? Translated us into the kingdom of what? You see, your move, movement of kingdom, translation into kingdom is different from the knowledge of the kingdom. Right? And that's what they want to do. They want to translate you into the kingdom. Praise Jesus. So he must open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light. That turning is not, it's not, it's not simple. It's the plenty of preaching, yes, plenty sir. of revelation, yes, plenty of teaching, yes, plenty of knowledge. You have to surround the soul. You have to, to teach and teach and give light until you've swallowed up the darkness. Right? That's one is a turning from darkness to light. And then from then that from you have to now deal with the power. The power of Satan unto God, praise God. Hallelujah. That then when that happens, they will then receive the forgiveness of sins. So receiving forgiveness of sins and inheritance, you put those things together. Right? Those two things are things that are most that happen in the land of inheritance. Glory to God. So you see, those other two things there are grace delivered. That receiving forgiveness of sin, like I've explained before, grace, 
Without, nobody can receive forgiveness of sin. Nobody's sins can be forgiven without grace. Grace is grace that brought forgiveness of sins. It's not God stopping being angry at you. He's talking about the removal of your sins. It's, an, it's a gracious thing. It's grace. It's actually grace that cleans up a soul. That will make a soul become clean on the inside. That will remove the sins on the inside. Verse is Ephesians 1, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood. You see that? Even the forgiveness of sins, you see. According to what? The, the riches of his grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have the word. So you're seeing what the blood will do, yes, right? Or what grace will do. Grace will do, we bring the forgiveness of sins so that you might receive forgiveness of sins. And then an inheritance. So forgiveness of sins is a dividend of grace. Then you see the coming into the inheritance is another dividend of grace. I commend you to God and to the world, Second Peter, right? I commend you to God. Sorry, sorry, act, sorry, act. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and then to do what? Give you an inheritance among them that are what? Sanctified. This is the exact language of Paul in verse chapter 26, right? To, uh, you might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified. You see, an inheritance among them that are what? Sanctified by what? Faith that is in me. So you, you are sanctified by faith to get, give you access to grace because it is the sanctification or caused by faith, right? Sanctification is also a gracious process too. But it's, it's faith. It is of faith that it might be by grace. According to the scripture, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise Jesus. Is there an interpretation? Okay. Thank you. Well, you heard what you say. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Romans 4 verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. This is to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. That word promise is the inheritance. That, should, that the seed should inherit. It is the reason for the whole legacy of faith is only faith can unlock the gracious door. That's where we started from this year to, to show you first of all that why, that, why this, the faith is the doorway into the substances. So faith is the door of grace. So it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, 
So I want it to be by, it might be by grace. Why grace? Only grace can deliver the promise. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law. Those who are of the law is those Jews who have the law. But to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, which is the father of us all, which is the reason why he preached the gospel to Abraham according to Galatians chapter 3, that the scripture foreseen that he would justify the hidden, all the Gentiles by faith. First preach the gospel to Abraham, that in you shall all nations of what? Of the earth be what? Blessed. And what is blessing? You no know, blessing is grace and peace, which is what is contained in the epistle. All the epistle of blessings are actually writings of grace. It's about how grace will come. They are letters of grace to release grace to you. Praise Jesus. So, so sanctify by faith that is in me, right? So they will receive an inheritance among them that are what? Sanctified by what? By faith that is in me. Glory to Jesus. So that thing called the word of his grace. I love that. The word of his grace. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you, because grace is the builder, and to then give you an inheritance among all them which are, which are sanctified. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So, so you're seeing Paul was the, this, you see the word, if you ask me what is the word of his grace, where do you find that word? The word of his grace is actually the logos. That's why he said, I commend you to God. It was God, actually. It is, so you want to summarize what is logos that was with God. So, John 1 was just showing you God and the word of his grace. Right? That was what the picture of that John chapter 1. Glory to God. Say his grace. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So John, Paul, sorry, what is his name? Um, Paul had this ministry. He introduced the scene, right? So I'm not just speaking about Paul's allocation in the knowledge of Christ just alone. I'm just speaking about Paul as a, Paul as a, um, as an installment of, as an apostolic installment in the New Testament. Right, that was an, there was a dispensation, you know. That's why Paul was speaking about that dispensation, which was given to me, to you, word. Let's read that Ephesians 3. Let's see. 
Ephesians chapter 3. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you being blessed at all? I'm so sorry, my Bible doesn't like turning sometimes. So I have to. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Ephesians 3 verse 1 says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, right, that if you have heard, first of all, of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, do you see, what is they call it, the dispensation? It's the dispensation of grace. What was actually given to Paul was, a, was a, actually a dispensation of grace, which is giving me to you, Lord. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore, in few words, whereby when you read, you may then understand my knowledge in the what, mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, that fellow inheritors, and of the same body and partakers of his promise in the what? The gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the word. And to make all men see what is the fellowship. So not now. So he will first of all preach the unsearchable riches. That's the first thing is to preach the riches. Then, that's not the end of it. After that, then you now, to make them, another word for unsearchable riches is mystery of Christ. So he will first of all preach the mystery of Christ. Praise God. Then after that, he will now do not preach, make. The purpose of preaching is to make something to happen. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So you preach. So of course, in the season of preaching, 
you, you bring forth knowledge about it. But that knowledge will quicken something is to, to make all men now see, not the mystery, they already seen the mystery. But what they will not see is the fellowship of the mystery. So, it's not everything that you see that, that has to do with fellowship. You, you can read a paper who were written by fellows of a knowledge, but that you are just reading it, it doesn't make you a fellow. Who is a fellow? A fellow are people, the guy, you are reading it, the guys who are the fellows don't even know you exist. They just publish something, you are somewhere in the corner reading it. So reading, you don't come into fellowship by, by just knowledge. There's something about fellowship that's more than knowledge. Fellowship involves persons. Fellowship involves what? Substance. It involves, so if I produce, an, um, let's say, fellows in the university setting, let's say they produce a paper about a particular knowledge. Now, you can fellowship with the, you, sorry, you can read the paper and come into knowledge. That's one thing. Amen. Amen. But it's another thing to, the, the, the profit of fellowship is to come to an advantage where you can read the people. Do you know, do you know that's what fellows, fellows do? They read each other. They, they, they read, do you understand what I mean? They, are, they, both, they each have, they are both doing some kind of exploit in a subject. And as each of them are attacking the subject from their own, with their own person, they are attacking the subject, then in that profession, the fellowship with each other. When, a lot of times, when fellowship is going on, sometimes the, no paper has even been written. It's actually fellowship that produced paper. Do you get what I'm saying? So, but in that fellowship, there's been transfer. So, but what is being transferred is not just knowledge. It's what is in them that is being transferred. That's just a type in the natural of what we call fellowship. Fellowship is special. Fellowship is, um, fellowship, you see, that you should be fellow heirs, heirs together. Fellowship is a language of inheritance. Those who are to inherit together, co-heirs with him. So you can't come into inheritance without fellowship. Right? Fellowship, in other words, just knowing about what the thing that you should inherit will not bring you to inheriting it. Then you must have the a fellowship with the entity who carries the substance of those things. That's what it means to be fellow heirs. We are heirs of God and 
fellow heirs of Christ, or what you call co-heirs of Christ, or with Christ, sorry. We are co-heirs with Christ. Glory to God. So, or, or what you call, he calls it joint heirs. It's the same thing. Right? If, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and then joint heirs. The word joint means fellows. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> so, it says here that, verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. There is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who did what? Created all things. Uh, amen. amen. Are you seeing that? So they, what they hid, the mystery, he put it in creation. We saw that from John chapter, or, or Romans chapter one, all the invisible things of him are clearly seen. They are mysterious things, which are difficult to search out, right? But they're actually unsearchable. But he, he put them in a way in creation and made them clearly seen to, and made them to be known, even the eternal power and the Godhead. Amen. But what he did not put in, you can never get from nature, is the fellowship of the mystery. God did not put the fellowship in things created or in nature. You can never find fellowship there. But this fellowship was, it has been hid in God. God hid it in himself. God who create, was creating things, putting his print of knowledge, but he, he hid the fellowship. So how can you become a heir of them? You can't, except they can find a way to Bring this fellowship to you. Yes. Verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the word, the money, according to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Glory to God. Um, let's not go too far. But one of the points I wanted to make you see, you see that, that Paul... Um, his own, I love this, because it was Paul writing about himself. Yes. And he wasn't, so we're not trying to deduce things from Paul. It's just Paul speaking, he's just speaking about his own allocation. What was he actually doing? Like what was he that Jesus gave to him? We read that Acts chapter 26. But Acts just 26 just gave the commission, summarize it. Just, this is what you should go and do. But now Paul is speaking here about, in more detail of his understanding of what he is doing. And the clear thing that you see here is that what his sense of what he received from the Lord was a dispensation of grace. There's way you just see Paul, knowledge guy, no. That's not how Paul saw himself. There was not, there's not too much difference between how Paul saw himself and how John saw himself. All those apostles, they saw themselves in a certain way. But we can almost misread them and interpret them as just knowledge, just guys who are just want to talk and no, they're not, they have, they have knowledge, they carry knowledge, but it wasn't, knowledge is not really what they're carrying. Knowledge was the tool they use. Right. Knowledge was their instrument. Paul was, knowledge was the, the, 
the instrument they used, Paul, John, Peter, they were using knowledge, spiritual knowledge, to, as an instrument to deliver what was dispensed to them, the, the commission which was given to them from the Lord. So as Christians, you can miss what they actually carry and, and then be enticed by what? <laughs> Praise Jesus. So if you've heard of the grace, of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you, word, how that by revelation he made not unto me the mystery, as I wrote a in, in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the word, in the mystery of Christ. This thing of understanding my knowledge in the mystery of Christ is not, it's not just saying that you understand Christ. There's a way you need to you understand my knowledge in the mystery. There's, and he began to teach a little bit about, about it. He, he broke it down. There is the mystery itself, which is a part of it. Then there is the fellowship of the mystery. Two things which I'm carrying in me. Are you, are you getting that? So, you see, this is Paul now. So, Paul began the conversation of fellowship. That's this verse 9. That's what he said, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God who created all things. That was the same kind of language of John. Chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. It was actually to bring them into fellowship. That was the reason for their writing. So you see, Paul's sense of New Testament ministry was not different from just John's sense. It wasn't just about knowledge. Praise God. Where did he say that you may have fellowship with us? First John chapter 1. That this... But verse, not here. Have we declared unto you that you may have fellowship with us? Praise God. Verse 3. So that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. And then truly, our fellowship is with what? Is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So that which we have heard first, verse 1, and then which we have seen. So I've shown you that clearly this season of seeing things that have to do with the, um, with, that have to do with the promise. The era of seeing things that have to do with the promise, that era was the apostolic era, which first began with Paul. Right? Then other apostles, they got baptized into sin too. But what I'm just trying to show you is that hearing started much more earlier. Hearing started when they were with Jesus. I would say even before Jesus, 
the, I think the person who ushered in the season of hearing these things was John. Because John was a voice crying out in the wilderness. That was what he, he wasn't, John was not a bringer of sight. Do you understand me? He wasn't what? He, he wasn't a bringer of sight. He was a voice. That when, when they asked him who you are, he said, this is who I am. He's, he's a voice. He's actually a voice. When you, when you summarize John in terms of the context of the promise, what was his role there is to sound. What was his sounding? The kingdom of God is at hand. It was, it was actually a voice. So John was a voice of the Logos. Do you agree? Yes. Seeing the visibility of the, of the Logos. I mean, not, not, just, not just the light that initially came out. I'm talking about the true light. What John chapter 1 calls the true light. When you, the light that came, what we call the light of men in John chapter one, is different from the true light, which now shined. That true light is not just the light, it is both, the true light has in it both the turning from darkness and the delivery from the power of darkness. Because it's a light of truth. It's a light, with, it's a light of substance. But then John made it clear that he, I was not that light. So he said that he was just telling you that his job wasn't illumination. He was a voice. Are you getting me? John was a voice. Was his, well, prepare. So he wasn't the way. The way is coming. But it was a voice crying that was, and it was crying the preparation for the way of the Lord. Praise Jesus. So that which we have heard, which we have seen. So now I was telling about the disciples of Jesus, right, that while Jesus was with them, they were hearing the Logos. John was hearing the Logos. And almost all the disciples of Jesus were disciples of John. Many of them, they, were, they stood in the season of hearing. Right? When Jesus came, Jesus did not open up seeing. <laughs> Jesus was a prophetic evolution of John. He was... I'm talking about his, the effect, not, not, not what Jesus is to you, spiritually. I'm talking about who Jesus was to these men. We are looking at these men now, you understand? John, Peter, then Paul, and all of that. We are looking at their own trajectory, which is where they are speaking from. Their own journey. Uh-huh. So, to them, so Jesus was also a prophet first. Right? You know, it wasn't just... John, who said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus also taught, said, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Why did he just pick the message of John? He picked John's message. 
Because that's the message that they could hear at that time. While Jesus was on the earth, nobody received the kingdom. It was still at hand. <laughs> Do you agree with me? Nobody received the kingdom. Nobody, none of them. None of them. None of them received the kingdom. It was still, so John's message was still continuing. Yeah, Jesus just, just picked it, the message, and was just continuing John's message. But it was, it was ministering John's message while inventing the way in himself. Why? Because John has prepared the way for him. Glory to Jesus. You were saying, I have many things to say unto you. You can't bear them. So when he was saying things to say, he was actually saying things to show to you. You can't bear them. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, then he would not guide you into what all? Truth. Say truth. He will guide you into all truth. It means that that spirit of truth will open up the way of truth, right? Now, how will that, that process of showing you the truth is because he will not speak of himself, but what will he hear, that shall he speak. Then he will show you things to come. Then the next verse, it says that, he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine. And then do what? Show it. So. This spirit, season of the spirit, is the season of showing, seeing, right? It is moving from just from hearing toward the season of seeing. And the season of seeing is, will bring about his glorification for the spirit will receive of mind. That word mind means, next verse explain what is mind, verse for 15, and all things that the father had. Father means all the inheritances of the father. They are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and then begin to what? Show it to you. So this will begin the season of seeing. So it's just clearly saying here that the season of it being shown to you, seeing for inheritance will begin after I have gone. And after the spirit has come. Who was he speaking to here? Of course, he's speaking to all of us. We know that. But leave that first. He was talking to his disciples. Those guys who are with him. Are you seeing that? When the Holy Spirit came and in... Um, Pentecost, that didn't open the season yet. It wasn't just Holy Ghost, it's the spirit of truth. Right? That spirit of truth is a special designation. Right? The spirit of truth is the spirit that will, of inheritance, that will open up the world of inheritance. Right? It's, it's not just Holy Ghost. They were baptized, but the spirit of truth hadn't 
visited them. The first guy that Spirit of Truth visited was Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul. Who Jesus appeared to and Jesus began to minister to by that same spirit. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. At this time, Jesus had taken possession of these things. This was close to when he was about to leave, right? This is chapter 16 of John. So, he couldn't say this when he was little. He couldn't say all that the Father had to mind. Even though he had knowledge to the point of disputing with doctors of the law. He knew about them, but he couldn't say they are mine. He said, I, could, I, I, I must be about their business. My father's business. To get those things which my father has. I want to make them mine. So I must be about his business. I can bamboozle you guys with all of, the, all, all of those things and I can describe them, but I must be about his business to get them. Then at this point, now said, they are mine. 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 They, and they should belong to you too. That's what the spirit of truth is for is to take these things that are Jesus's. That which is full of. How do you receive of his fullness? Grace and truth. You can't receive grace and truth of his fullness without the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is the one who, who it is not by water only, but water and blood. But it is the spirit that beareth witness. That is, that First John 5, they have to add the spirit. They don't ever think about these things without the spirit. First John 5 or 6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit. And it is the spirit that bear the witness. He will show. He won't speak of himself. Whatever he hears, he will say to you. He will show you things to come. He will show you. He's the bearer of the witness. Of what is things to come. Is he who came by water. The coming is the one who witnesses the coming. Because why? The spirit is truth. Truth. The spirit is truth. What's the meaning of that? The spirit is truth. The spirit is truth. Amen. Now, this is why God is different. There's no, there's no, nothing in this world you will learn and be learning like this. You say is the truth is the spirit of the truth. What he wants to show you is truth, but he is the truth. He is. There's <laughs> a convoluted kind of something. It's God. That's how God is. That convoluted. It's not just trying. It's not trying to be difficult. It is the. It is the character of. His nature. 
God is a web that no being can untie. God is a, you know, one of the things that people try to understand that cause problem is Trinity. Praise God. You know, you can study Trinity for three decades. You will, you will journey far. You will feel like you've, you've finally gotten the answer. Then you write a paper. I've, I've, this is the mystery of the Trinity. Then maybe after writing the paper, you just sleep and wake up and then you, you read what you wrote and you just start crying. <laughs> Why? Because another, another thought will occur to you. And that. <laughs> There are three, but there are one. Figure that out. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we can understand it. There's an understanding of this thing, but you can't just receive it in a cerebral manner. Right? Of course, the spirit must be truth. Why will he be the spirit of truth, if he is not truth, if he, where will the truth be coming from? Will he carry it artificially? <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Let me tell you a little secret. The spirit is everything in God. The spirit is grace. The spirit is glory. That is the Spirit's job in the Trinity, is to be everything that they are. That's the definition of their spirit. It won't be their spirit if there is anything in them that he is not. Do you understand me? It means he won't be qualified to be their spirit. Why will you call him their spirit if there's anything in God that, that he is not? Are you understanding me? So, is the spirit the spirit of truth? Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you're seeing this, these guys. Thank God for Jesus, eh? Jesus was just telling them, was showing them what will come. Right, and how they will come into it. Like I said, Paul was the first person who came into that thing. But Jesus himself, it took him time to fully embody everything for what the, all that the Father had to become his. We saw that record of his growth in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, remember? How, first of all, he was a babe. When he saw him in the manger, he was a, he was a babe when he was born. 
Then from a babe, he became a child. In Luke 2. Then when he became a child, this is, okay, circumcising of the child. Then after he became a child, then they said the child grew. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. Praise God. When you, when you look at the timing of those things, there was a child. Praise, this is, chapter, this is verse 40 now of Luke chapter 2. Right? The child grew, waxed strong in spirit and filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. You see, this, this grace was upon him. But he hadn't fully inherited the grace. It was upon him. It was, do you see that? It was upon him. It was, when you say something is upon, the kingdom of God is upon you. It is, it is all over you. This was, it was a, what was driving Jesus was a grace upon him. That was, it wanted to come into him. That was driving his, 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 his dealings, his movement. On the earth. When you, this is verse 40. When they said this was after that 12 years old. When he said, I must be about my father's business. What verse is that? Is that 49? Praise God. Okay, then 49 said, How is it that you sought me? Was it not I must be about my word, father's word, business? So it's clear that at this time, it was verse 40, they said that he grew. And the grace was upon him. So when he was saying he needs to be about the business, it was a season of grace hanging. That's what he was seeing. Yeah. That there was a grace over him. Yeah. Even though he, was, he had come into knowledge. If you go to describing his dealings with the guys in the, yes. in the temple, yes. he was an ignorant boy yes. at 12. Then after this, they didn't refer to him as child anymore. They then began to refer to him as child Jesus. Oh, sorry, Jesus. Let, let me open my own Bible. I don't want to. Let me look at it. Luke chapter 2, right? Oh, yeah. Verse 40 said that the, the child grew and was strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. You see that? And the what? Grace of God was upon him. So what, what he was filled with here was wisdom. He wasn't full of grace and truth, but grace was upon him. So the word of that wisdom was a helper to, to access, to, to steer him in the way of grace. To come into the grace that was upon him. Glory to God. So they went for the feast. And verse, verse 46, 45. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors. 
Now, who are these doctors? They are beings of knowledge, right? They, these are not medical doctors. They are, they are doctors of that temple, that place. In the temple, they are doctors of the temple. That both hearing them, he was hearing them and then asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his word, understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought this sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Verse 52, and then Jesus increased in what? Wisdom. And then what? Stature. Increased in wisdom. And what? Stature. And what? In favor with God and man. Glory to Jesus. Say stature. Wisdom and stature. Increasing wisdom and increasing what? Stature. Of course, wisdom is knowledge. Right? Wisdom is knowledge that is settled. Or what I call it, increasing wisdom. Knowledge is wisdom that has settled. Right? Or wisdom, when you say somebody is, has increased in wisdom, there is difference between wisdom which you used to, which makes things available. There's difference between wisdom which makes knowledge available and wisdom in you. Right? What makes understanding available is the spirit of wisdom. Right? That spirit of wisdom is not the substance of wisdom in you. It's different. It's an operation. It's a spirit that's operating to search things out and to bring understanding to you. But when you say somebody increased in wisdom, he's talking not, not of spirit of wisdom to no revelation. He's talking actually about knowledge that from where wisdom fountains out. It's a, it's a working of knowledge on the inside of him, which he had. So he had that, and then it was increasing. You are seeing two increases, which Jesus had to go through. Increasing in knowledge and in what? Stature. Knowledge and what? Stature. Those are the two aspects of his development, which he came into. Praise God. Now, you see these things are what the, the ways that you need to grow. As Second Peter chapter 3 put it, that grow in grace and in the knowledge. Let's see that place. He was speaking about some, some things. Verse 
Second Peter 3. Praise Jesus. If you're there, say amen. amen. Thank you, Father. Towards the end of Second Peter 3, yeah? Okay. So this was, Peter was just, he was admonishing about um, certain issues. Um, let, let's see from verse... Um, from verse 14. You know, if you go earlier in the chapter, it was speaking about the promise. Do you see that? Verse 9, it was saying, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Right? But his long-suffering to us word. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner, say manner, of persons ought ye to be in all what holy conversation and then what godliness? I, I love the word manner of persons. This is the, when you consider all these things, why, why is he speaking this way? Why, why? Why is he's contrasting two things? Remember, all these things that shall be dissolved, they are actually things that were framed with knowledge. What they're actually telling you is that knowledge can be destroyed. Knowledge will cease. That's partly what 1 Corinthians 13 was telling you. Is there knowledge? All those things, they will cease. But there are things that are abided. Faith, hope. Charity, of this charity is the greatest. Talking about stature. No charity is not knowledge. Charity is a gracious frame. Right? It's actually a, it's a, it's a fruit of, of grace. Right? So things that are just knowledge framed can be destroyed, that the, the quality of the knowledge in them cannot save. The, you see, all the, even the physical world, even though it is built according to knowledge in God, but it, is, it, is, it doesn't have the life of that knowledge. So when God himself appears, after a while, God will just make those things to be dissolved. Anything that is knowledge built but doesn't contain life will be dissolved. Right? I know what will make them dissolve. Part of it is being dissolved or it will be shaken. It will be shaken so that those things that can't be shaken will, will remain. <laughs> You can shake knowledge, you can't shake stature. Yes. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
You can consume knowledge, but you can't consume stature. Stature which God's knowledge produces. So he's, he's, he's trying to relate. He's telling you, look, everything is going. Right? He said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens, even the heavens, you know the heavens is a knowledge frame. Do you agree? Yes. What they actually kept in heaven is knowledge. Yes, That's what everything, the whole heaven is a pattern. That's where they brought the tabernacle from. It's a copy of the heavens. It's all knowledge. Everything there and the knowledge in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Then seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved means knowing that, man, anything that is not of a certain quality will be dissolved. What manner of persons? So he's comparing things that are knowledge framed with persons. Ah, right? Yes, so so what, what will... When, it means that when these things happen and everything is dissolved, all that will be left are certain manner of persons. So you need to meditate. What manner? This, this should be your, your meditation as you're walking, you know, in your, in your walk. Is ask yourself, what manner of person? You should be checking. What manner of what person ought ye to be in all what? Holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and then what? The elements shall melt with fervent heat. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Verse 14, wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So he's summarizing the things that you need to do. First thing, that's the first thing you must do, is you must be found of him in peace. Peace is the end of a process. Right? Peace is the end of the, is the product of the first grace. Do you agree? There, is, there are two graces. It's grace for grace of his fullness. That his, what his person contains are two graces. The, the first grace is the grace for peace. Right? It's grace to produce peace. Peace is the, is the nature which the grace of Christ will produce. When you say that this person has Christ's grace, they've inherited all of the grace of Christ, they will check him. Does he have peace with God? Right? You know that peace with God is the product of a gracious standing. That's Romans chapter 5. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Glory to God. 
So it's a, the, the, the grace of Christ is, for the operation of grace of Christ is to produce men of peace. Glory to God. The, and the reason for men of peace are, men of peace are people who have, who have gotten, found the way of peace. Right? There's a way of peace. Do you agree with me? There's a peaceful way in the spirit. You know that all the, all the ways in God are peaceful. Peace is the platform for joy, right? Nobody, nobody enters joy from right, just righteousness that is not peaceful. You won't be able to, you won't be able to, to stay on the frequency of joy because you haven't dealt with the joy of the world. The world's joy will always distract the soul. When you are trying to leap into the joy of God, other joys will what distract you. So peace is a state of joylessness towards the world. When a soul has in the world, there's nothing joyful, not, nothing about the world's joy. You understand what I mean? That, that is, uh-huh, then that is, you have settled in peace. So my peace, I live with you. Not as what the world gives. Praise God. So peace, peace is actually is a state where you can no longer be disturbed by the world. It's a state of non-disturbance. The world can parade itself. It can do anything it wants to do around you. You won't even be detecting it. You have stumbled at peace. It's, a, it's actually it's an estate of grace. You are too, too gracious to be distracted or to be awoken by things that are in the world. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? We are talking inheritance now, not knowledge, you understand? Yes, Somebody who knows the, all the doctrine of righteousness, peace, joy, break everything down, you can, you, you can, be, you can be a world, professional world dancer. Anytime the world comes, you, you flow with the world easily. You, you, can, you might be dancing to the tune of the world. When the world blows its pipe, your, your, your steps begin to move. You don't have what it takes not to jive to the, the sound. Are you getting what I'm saying? Of Glory to God. But when you are, it's great. They need to be putting grace inside you. When you move into the gracious journey, they will load your soul with grace. It will begin to, to, to increase. Grace will increase. You will grow in grace. And the sign of grace is that you become just so peaceful. You can't be disturbed. Lost don't pull you anymore because you have become a man. That man is a godly man. A godly man is a person who is what? Who has found a peace. Right? So that peace is not knowledge. You can't, peace is not revelation. Right? It's called the peace of God that passeth understanding. It passeth understanding. Right? They use that, they use, Paul uses that word in, in Ephesians. He calls it the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. He's separating it from knowledge world. He's talking about it passeth knowledge. 
peace that passeth understanding. Is, those are things in the, in the world of inheritance, in the cause of inheritance. Glory to God. So, so there are two graces. The first grace will establish you in peace. There's another grace. So this is the grace that brings peace. There's another grace that brings salvation. Right, that's the second grace. Glory to God. And these are the things that you should seek Nevertheless, verse 13, we according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Verse 14, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. That's what your first diligence will bring you. It's your first diligence, which is diligence in that first grace, will bring you to be found in peace. Of course, when you are found in peace, you are without spot and blameless. It means you are godly. Right? Verse 15, then from that point, you now begin to account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. This is the second task to move from peace to salvation. I love the word diligence, then account. They are nature, they are of sobriety, they are soberness postures that the soul needs to take for grace. Everything about grace is, is, grace flourishes in sobriety. There's a kind of sobriety that your, your heart will come into that will begin to unlock gracious conversations on your inside, to flood your heart with grace. Glory to God. So you, you arrive at peace, and then what will happen? You account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our bro- beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him, had written unto you. So, so Peter is aligning with Paul. Just saying that when it comes to, you know, he's summarizing doctrine that in these things we align. Glory to God. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned, one, that's one defect. That's the first issue. Which can be solved. Knowledge solved unlearnedness. But not, there's another issue that's not in the world of knowledge. It's called instability. So, them that are un- unlearned and unstable, they rest. Yeah. That word rest is wrestle. Yeah. Means they wrestle with, they are trying to wrestle with scripture or with understanding. As they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Unlearnedness and instability. So, unlearned has to do with knowledge, stability has to do with stature, right? Do you understand? What what makes you learned? Knowledge. What makes you stable? Grace. Right? So, let your heart be established with grace. 
and not with meat. That word meat means doctrines, foods, which has not profited those who have been occupied thereby. That's Hebrews chapter 13. From verse 9, it said, Do not be carried away with divers and strange doctrines. Divers and strange, what makes a doctrine strange? It's not that the person who is preaching is preaching it in Greek or some other language. What makes doctrine strange is that it doesn't deliver what doctrine is meant to deliver. Divers and it's strange. Divers means it, it, diverts, it diverts. It's... It doesn't arrive at the, the thing. It doesn't bring you into the, you know, the, 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 the fruit, the actual dividend. It doesn't unlock the door of inheritance to you. So do not, be, do not be carried about with them because it is good that the heart be established with what? Grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied. So check them who have been occupied by it the profit of meat ought to be grace or stature. But if they've not been profited, profited from it and they have been occupied with it, it's a sign that it is diverse and strange. Do you understand what I mean? But what should make the heart stable or what should make the heart established is what? Grace. Say grace. grace. So grace is different. You can make, use knowledge to make the soul learned. But knowledge will not establish the soul. Right? The first establishment, of course, is peace. Right? When you see the word peace is an establishment. Salvation is an establishment. Peace and salvation, they are the same kind of thing. Right? Peace means you are at peace. You are dwelling, you have an estate of peace. Salvation means you are safe. It is, they are, they are words of some kind of keeping. But at different levels, they are actually words of establishment. So the soul must first be established in peace, then later be what? Be established in salvation. Glory to God. And it's uh, what to produce those establishments are graces. Only grace can make a heart stable. When you say a heart unstable, it lacks grace. That's a sign. <laughs> right? Instability is a sign of what? Lack of grace. Lack of grace. So with so much knowledge can be unstable. After a while, without the knowledge, they, after a while, they can walk away. Someone like Alexander, of course, had knowledge. Plenty. He must have had so much knowledge. Not even little. And he must have come spiritually by revelation, not just letter. Right? Praise God. They which are unlearned and unstable, verse 16, say the rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own word, destruction. Verse 17, ye therefore beloved, seeing you know these things before, you know these things before. 
Beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Are you seeing this thing called error of the wicked? Error of the wicked is not an error of knowledge. This is an, an error of, an example of error of the wicked. Error of Cain, error of Balaam. Are you seeing those errors? Are there any of those errors that was in the order of knowledge? Was it that Cain didn't know enough? That was why he did what he did. They were both being their beings of knowledge. Same thing with Balaam, who sees vision with his eye open. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? So when you when you speak about the the error of the wicked, wickedness here, error of the wickedness is something that some people, even those who have knowledge, can fall prey to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, that if you already have some, that you therefore be loved, seeing you know these things be. Before, beware. So you have knowledge, but you should beware. Right? You have knowledge, but you should beware. Lest, of course, you can have knowledge, but still fall. And being, say, led away. Led away means it's another way. Right? Right? Because knowledge doesn't define way. You can have knowledge, but you don't know anything about the way you should go. Right? It's, it's, it's that one for you to, and for that thing of way, to, break, to have breakthrough in way, to solve the problem of way, there must be an encounter of person. Not just knowledge. Do you agree with me? There is the knowing, the knowledge of, of materials, revelation. Then there is the knowledge of person. That one is a different thing altogether. That knowledge of person occurs by grace. <laughs> Glory to God. That knowledge of person is, I love the way Paul called it acknowledgement. Right, until the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, of the Father, and of Christ. That, that in that acknowledgement there is not just, he said, let your heart be knit together in love, to unto the full assurance of understanding. That's not just our honorary knowledge. He's talking about schooling in the, in the world of what? Inheritance. They call it acknowledgement. It's not just knowledge. So to walk in ways, a different thing altogether, there has to be an acknowledgement. Praise God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. It's, another, it's, a, it's a different conversation. In all your ways, acknowledge who? Him. Him. Say him. And he will direct your path. So you actually have understanding after you've trusted in him, then they will not tell you, hey, lead not unto your own, lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Say, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. the person. You must find him. You must acknowledge him. It is the, it's the person, it's the encounter with the person that brings direction of thy word, of thy path. 
It's, all, it's this direction of path that will lead somebody away from the error of the wicked. Somebody who has knowledge and understanding still has to be led away. Praise God. Hallelujah. Or be saved from being led away from the error of the wicked. Fall from your own steadfastness. Verse 18, but do what? But grow in grace and what? In the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You know this message about the way. There's a way you can be like, hi, this way, I need to know this way. But you're not feeling, okay, what is the way now? How do I find this way? You know, you're like, hi. You know? There's a way you can approach it with that mentality of, you know, information. Okay, tell me what to go and do, that kind of thing. But they have to keep, they have to keep teaching us, teaching us, teaching us. The, the mind, remember I taught you about the mind that divides revelation, right? Being different from the senses that discern good and evil, right? That was another hidden sense. Many of us have not been using it really a lot. Sometimes we use it by mistake, but it's not... It's, Another sense in your soul is a faculty. We've not, we don't even, we've not been able to sense that it's there. But they can awake, that's part of the reason of this, for these messages, is to, is to awaken and tell you about another sense. You can discover it. Because that sense with which you discern between good and evil is the sense with which you consider him. You see that apostle and high priest of your profession is the sense with which you see him. So what they are introducing you is the, is the, they are pouring things inside our heart to awaken the sense of the person. Now, what I'm showing is not something different. So for, throw your revelation away now. Person, Jesus, I'm looking for the person. Now I just want to find, them. no, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. Increase in wisdom. And in stature, those two things. There's a way they they, they play. You can when you you can't that person can never appear without the knowledge you have, right? There's a way the knowledge actively fuels the manifestation of that person. The, is the, the knowledge you have is just what they mo- they must convert into the f- the 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 reagent that they must pour upon your inward senses that will awaken the sight of his person. Do you understand what I mean? It's not something of, let's leave, let me leave my knowledge on the side and try and awaken another sense to see. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's, the, it's the knowledge you have. When, and when your knowledge is built correctly, it will begin to turn to spirit. Do you agree with me? It will become liquid. Your knowledge will become liquid. The way the the golden oil flowed from the 
Praise God. There's a way you purchase oil from sellers. The sellers of oil are the law and the prophets. Who are the, the bearers of the knowledge and the witness? They're able to make that, take that um, knowledge, distill it into spirit, and pour it over your inward sense. Do you understand what I mean? Then the appearance of the person. It's the, you now see that that person, when he begins to appear, is knowledge constructed. You now begin to see this is what knowledge is for. It's to make me see you. Are you hearing me? Yes, Are you, this is a process that is a blessed thing. Glory, we are moving into the glorious end of the New Testament. It's what Paul they call it the ministration of the Spirit. A lot of what we have been doing is not too much glo- more glorious than the law. The, when he said that that which was glorious, which was the law, I had no glory in this respect by virtue of the glory that excelled. This is the ministry, is the ministry of stature, inheritance, spirit, that is the ministration of glory that excelled. The beauty, you are about to come into the beauty end of the testament. Glory to God, where you begin to, to drink the blood. Those things Jesus mentioned. You know, we've been eating the meat. Now he wants to drink the blood. I said, this is the New Testament in my blood. Right, that's the, the drinking of the Testament. The feast, the tabernacle. You get what I'm saying? The fellowship of the Testament is in the drinking of his blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Of course, that table of the blood is a, is a gracious table. It's the sharing of grace where... Of his fullness, you begin to receive grace. Grace for it. Grace. Grace for 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 grace. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let's just bless God from your heart. Just pray. Grace. Thank you. Remasuvre etafrania sufrafeno. Lamariha. If you believe these things, pray. Pray them. Love you, honey. Shevriante she. Kavreni hai helmeni ha. Seven a Father, we thank you. Bless you. We avail our hearts, Lord, to the help which you have decided to bring to us about this grace that should come to us and the revelation of Jesus Christ. We bring our hearts as we come boldly to the throne of grace obtain mercy and find grace to help. Grace to be built up. The word of his grace which can build us up and give us an inheritance among them that are sanctified. 
Father, help us to, to blend in, Lord, to file in, to gain access in this grace. Amen. In this grace. Amen. Establishment in the world of grace. Now of his fullness will begin to receive grace. Grace for 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 grace. Thank you. Lord, I pray, let the weight of this message, that which you want to impart to our soul, deliver it to us. Let no, no heart be found wanting when it comes to the delivery of these things, as you begin to, to rapture us into this realm, into this world, Lord, I pray that our heart be found ready, waiting, desirous, of oh God, of all you want to bring to us. Thank you, Father. I pray for the weak at this time. Those who are weak, who have doubts concerning these things, who have infirmities and insecurities, I ask, oh God, as you said to your apostle Paul, that your strength is made perfect in his weakness. I ask for let it be a visitation of strength. Yeah. Even where there is unbelief, help the unbelief. Yeah. You are able to. We're just crying to you, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy. May we not just hear these things, but we will come into them. The actuality, the reality of them. Lord, we're going home blessed Amen. with this blessing. We are living here with this blessing. We pray that this conversation will not leave our consciousness to rest upon our heart, Lord, in a weighty way, in a weighty manner to culture us from within and bring our feet into this ground. Thank you, our Father. We give you glory. Thank you for your words. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for blessing us. We give praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth.